hello and welcome to Lady Fingers. Ooh. Welcome to Lady Fingers. The gayest singular podcast about Great British Bake Off on the internet. We're so gay and so hot, we'll make your dough rise. Hello, hey, how's it going, Gabe? How are you feeling? Oh, it's going good. I have just, I mean, we'll talk about it with, with the eating section, but it's, I've had a good weekend. It's been really nice. You've had a good weekend, a good yeah. food weekend, a good culinary weekend. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. wow. Okay, I'm excited. How have you been? How's Long Island? It's been wonderful. I'm staying at my friend's parents' fancy Long Island home. It is large. It is on the water. It's kind of ridiculous and it's just me and a bunch of mostly straight people it's been a lot of football I, I played football yesterday Gabe and I like American I, I football <laughs> between me and it was it was five people I was playing offense and they just oh switched goodness. me out when the team switched between offense and defense they never threw me the ball but they made me feel included wow <laughs> A true yeah. sports for gays moment. True sports for gays moment. My goodness. Um, I learned a lot. Wow. And I, uh, I'll i never recover. Well, congratulations. <laughs> also, is it um, for some reason, it's like a thing in my head that people in Long Island with Long Island accents say Long Island? Yes. Yeah. No, that's okay. absolutely a thing. That's not I've, just in my head. I've had, I've had comedians and people like comment on it and it's like, it's a whole culture of saying Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> it's just so funny. So it's bread week. It is bread week. Uh, long awaited. It's It's been just the hits these first three episodes. Absolutely. We got your cakes, got your biscuits, got your bread week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the, the future is open. Maybe we got a chocolate week in there, but like... Pastry week will we'll show up eventually. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, who knows what the future can bring. I think starting with the looks, I think we had some very strong looks overall this episode. Yes, absolutely. The most impressive for me was whatever lip stain or lipstick Prue was wearing. Mm, she had mm-hmm. that bright yeah. orange lip and then was like just eating all of this bread and no no change to her lip color, nothing coming off. I was just like, whatever product you're using, it's working. She got flour on her lips and yet clean pristine white coat with like rainbow sleeves on the side rainbow in the middle just to break it up in the right way mm-hmm. icon yes icon yes rainbows of course for the nhs famously and then also i loved lizzie's overalls i thought they were an iconic moment so good may i just say what a obviously giuseppe shined a lot this episode this was also a lizzie episode really 110 percent. really Fashion, um, what's the fancy word that I'm looking for that means fashion, but it's like, or sartorially, there we go. Oh. Culinarily, intellectually. Oh, yeah. Comedically, she was just there. She was really there. And I thought also Roshika brought another excellent floral top to this episode. Roshika, very consistent fashion taste. She knows what works with her. She knows the like silhouette really just accentuates everything perfectly really really good looks on her so for the signature challenge our bakers were tasked with um making focaccia focaccia classic spongy olive oil soaked lovely italian bread very hunger inducing for the first challenge for sure Mm -hmm. i really wanted to dive into some focaccia Mm -hmm. and also they made a point to talk about the irregular crumb structure Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? I think it's just how focaccia is. Like when you cut into focaccia, there there are the really big air holes and there are the really small ones. It gives focaccia that kind of fun texture, I guess, to bite in. Like it's so big and spongy. Oh, cool. I like a challenge that's savory and it really lets every person kind of yes. show what flavors oh they have to offer. Like, it, you know, it's very put your own signature on how you want to make it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as someone who, I mean, I I love sweet things, but I do, I'm more of a savory person. So when people are doing savory bakes, I'm like, 
yes this is so good it feels like with a lot of sweet stuff you can have so much and then no more or i feel disgusting yeah with like a good savory roasted something pop it in my mouth all day long yeah there is no stop there is no end button on how much savory whatever you can absolutely i could have eaten every single focaccia in this tent have any standouts any that you particularly like i really really like christelle's i thought it was so creative she did Mm -hmm. feta roasted grapes which i have never experienced but feels very yeah me neither mediterranean focaccia appropriate yeah um to be like we've got all these grapes let's put them in the oven (laughs) and uh fennel as well which is fun that was really really good and it seemed to go over very well i was very surprised that she did not get a handshake for it oh oh are we diving into the handshake economy just there was someone else who got a handshake mr giuseppe in fact i feel like christelle deserved it a little more because she went out on more of a limb and impressed them just as much. Yeah, and her flavors were a little bit more ambitious. One has to wonder with these handshakes and like showing everybody that he's the authority right now. He's really in control of the whole thing. Does Paul liking something so much mean more if Prue really super excellently likes something? Gotta wonder. Right, and there's like no corollary for Prue other than the Prugasm that happened last season, which has its own weird gender implications. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Giuseppe's a bit? What your thoughts are on it? Yeah, let's talk about Giuseppe's. It looked beautiful. It sounded like it tasted delicious. It was this culturally specific thing that he wanted to bring to the table. You know, he really showed the kinds of flavors that he's familiar with and that are important to him. I thought it was good and I'm happy for him. Because mm-hmm. it was the focaccia he grew up with that his grandma made or am I making that up? They talked about his grandma and he's like, no, my grandma like would just buy the bread. But I think oh. it, he said it was a breakfast in Gaia, I think was like the name of the recipe. So it was like trying to like reflect, I think like a certain village that, that he really liked right. and like what they ate for breakfast there. So that's always nice to have those little like personal stories shine through. And I mean, he did get recognized. He got that handshake. So got a we're handshake. proud of him. First handshake of the season. The other one that really stood out to me was Lizzie's. Just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. truffle and garlic fantasy. Yes. I love that she was like, I'm not footing the bill for it. So fuck it. We're putting black truffles on her focaccia. <laughs> I love that. I, I love the whole thing. And especially like with it, with a really expensive ingredient like truffle or something like that thing. Everybody says you can go overboard really fast. But Lizzie knows what she is doing. She's Mm -hmm. very powerful. Watch Mm -hmm. her, for sure. And she had the foresight to balance it with garlic and rosemary, Mm -hmm. which just sounds like the best thing ever. Um, On the lower side, Jurgen did not do so well this time. He had this kipper. I think they're like bell peppers or something on it. Um, Not super familiar with kipper. I think it's a kind of fish. Is it like a pickled fish kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's like salty, fishy, umami, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it it looked okay. It I don't know. I wouldn't have eaten it. Even as someone who like will occasionally break vegetarian to have fish, didn't seem like something that appealed to me. And I was surprised like he and Amanda, I think were tied for the lowest critiques. Amanda's just because hers was olive, garlic, feta, pepper, tomato. Like she put so much in it that it was just kind of like a bunch of stuff and none of it really stood out. With both of them, it's like taste level, but I think in different directions. Amanda, she had this idea of we're going to have a rip apart bread and you get one of the pieces in each of the bites. Oh, right, right. That's very Buffalo Wild Wings to me. Like, (laughs) you know, we want... We want a very like dispersed, we want a fancy piece of bread, you know? This is not one of those Instagram recipes where they put graham crackers in the middle and it's cookies and cream over here, chocolate over here, cheesecake over here. No, like make like one thing and make it consistent and good. Yeah. (laughs) I just mostly wanted to say Buffalo Wild Wings. I think we're seeing a little bit of Jürgen's weakness here. Like I don't think he's always Mm -hmm. making the best conceptual decisions. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious that he had practiced this mm-hmm. and that he was confident in it, but I just don't think the flavors went over well. Yeah, and it was a little bit overbaked. We'll talk about his baby later on. Lots of thoughts about the bread baby that he made. Oh my god, made. the baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> Any other standouts? Well, 
Okay, so this is going to be a theme this episode, but I think that Roshika was done dirty. Yeah. Because hers was onions, basil, garlic, tomato, this like beautiful kind of scene on top of of flowers and plants Mm -hmm. and garlic throughout the focaccia as well. And they gave her a kind of harsh critique, but their critique in my understanding was that there's too much garlic, Mm -hmm. which I don't think can be a problem (laughs) personally, but... I didn't think that I even if even if there was too much garlic, I don't think that's such a big problem. They made it a lot bigger than it was. Yeah, it's one of those things. How much does personal taste and like preference come into account when you're judging this? Because Roshika just likes a lot of garlic in a thing and she likes it to be really strong. And it seemed like Mm -hmm. that's what she was going for. Mm -hmm. But Prue and Paul thought it was too much so when you're baking and you're picking flavors are you doing the thing that you personally like the taste of or are you trying to make something that prue and paul think will taste good yeah i don't know did you feel like her critiques were fair or was there a little i it it was a little rough i think i think especially because she made it a point to say like i want it to taste really garlicky i also didn't taste Mm -hmm. the thing so i can't say if it was pleasant or unpleasant but I think it is yeah. a little unfair and it looked really nice. I feel like they kind of, they, they gave her some ups for it, but maybe they glossed over that it was really pretty and it was creative how she set it up. Yeah. I think George's looked very nice. Mm-hmm. He did mint, halloumi, and olive, which seemed really nice. And halloumi is, it's very big in our household right now because we have this one cookbook mm. that like every other recipe has halloumi in it. So we're like halloumi crazy at the moment. What's a cookbook? Oh, it's a Dutch one because my roommates are Dutch. Like oven oven food. So like every recipe is like involves putting everything into like a casserole dish and baking it in the oven. Um, so they have, you know, like salads and pastas and all these different things, but everything is like oven baked. And so there are a lot of things that are like chickpeas and pomegranate seeds and halloumi and olives and you just put it into the oven and it's just delicious. And Ooh, that sounds... That sounds great. Yeah. But yeah, Georgia seemed to go over well and it looked tasty. I would have eaten it. He held his own this time around. Mm-hmm. All right. Rounding out the first section, Freya did a Mexican dish that went over medium well. Interesting choice of flavors. Mm-hmm. And Chiggs did a Spanish style flatbread that my friend called the pizza, which I think <laughs> you should be allowed to make pizza. Yeah, the the line between pizza and um, focaccia is kind of thin. I mean, it's really just the bread is different. My friends were trying to come up with a, a drinking game as, as they were watching along with me. And one that I thought was like, drink every time Jürgen is a huge nerd. And he said something great that I wrote down. The temperature sets the crust. Time sets the crumb. Oh, oh. So uh, take that one home, folks. That's insightful. That's very good. Yeah, I think so. I liked it. How do you feel about Margaret's? But Margaret's, we're calling her Margaret now. I, I'm, I'm sad. Uh, I think, I think Maggie's, Mags is struggling a little bit. And as much as it hurts me to say, I do think ultimately she probably should have been the one to go home. I think mm-hmm. she showed a little bit more consistent not goodness across the board. But I also felt like Paul was just being rude he comes up to it and then he like turns it sideways and just starts scraping all the things that are falling off and he's like you didn't do this right and then he's like ripping it apart and it's like dude take a chill pill like yeah come on. this is the thing about bread week is that you're not only battling your fellow bakers you're battling paul's ego in this week because for, for some reason they just give him free reign on everything he is bread paul's bread but yeah i do think that i feel like it was kind of a repeat of the brandy snaps because she came in and she just said, I'm going to make a simple focaccia with thyme, period. Yes. Yeah. It was a little presumptive. It was like, it's traditional, so that means that it's the best. And trying something different is weird. And we don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Being different is for weird people. And I'm normal. Yeah, I'm just a normal, happy English lady. I love being cishet on the beach (laughs) with my cishet husband. I have no interest in queering focaccia. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I did vote for Brexit. I, I don't want to assume that about Maggie, but... No, I don't want to assume that. I, I actually don't get Brexit vibes from her. No. But it is interesting. I mean, Maggie definitely represents an archetype of yes. English person that mm-hmm. 
I think the producers of the show feel is important to keep around. Yes. And it seems like these past two episodes, they've been kind of surprised that she hasn't been as good as they thought she was going to be and are reluctant to give up the narrative that they wanted to write of this very nice, cute English lady who is really good at baking. I know what you mean. She she represents a certain archetype. And I, you know, despite my better judgment, if I could give her a TV show, I would. Oh, like, yeah. You know, I want to watch her and listen to her. Really, her voice is, and her accent is like so incredible. I want to just listen to her talk to me all day long. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she's like, she's having a little bit of trouble like innovating and thinking out of the box and like taking it that extra step that we need. And I think even like she puts on a really good face and she's always very bubbly. But I think even like the pressure of the tent, I think has surprised her a bit. Like it has all the bakers. She's struggled just to get things done to the degree that she thinks that she can do and that she knows that she can do. It's just the time limits, the atmosphere is is a lot to handle. Totally. Okay. Any any last thoughts about these focaccias? No. Like, no one did bad. It was all very good. All right. So that brings us to the technical round. This time around, we are making ciabatta breadsticks with olives and cheese and a tzatziki dipping sauce on the side. I mean, olive cheese breadsticks. Yes. Especially, like, seeing them with the full olive just chunked into the breadstick. I was like, oh, that's what I want in my mouth. Ugh, so good. But I feel like this was really hard, I think, for everyone. And there was not a lot of enjoyment in making these. No, nobody had fun. (laughs) Like, Christelle and Lizzie were both like, fucking breadsticks. Like, I hate (laughs) breadsticks. Um... Yeah, and then just, like, having to stack them in the little, like, Lincoln Log formation is just, like, seemed... So humiliating if it, if you don't have it together, you know, and everything just, like, splorts over the side. And the fact that they're, like, supposed to look a little rough-hewn, but also need to be able to hold together and everything. A lot of stuff happened in this technical. We have to talk mm-hmm. about the intro, the opening, where... Noel and Matt do this thing where they talk about rubbing Sasiki into Prue's feet and then are oh, we yeah. in a dream and I used to be in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, I can't remember, were we talking about this? Someone was talking to me about Bake Off and was like, Noel is just off the rails this season. Yeah, yeah, he's he's trying to push it as much as possible. And then at the same time, like, Matt is taking this weird, depressive turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, Where he was close. like, haha, my career is a joke now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be in movies. Insanity. And then also for ciabatta, this is a pre, pre-food fact, even. Uh, Paul was talking about how oh, Giuseppe's Italian, he's got no ciabatta. Giuseppe's Italian, he's got no ciabatta. Mm-hmm. And then Giuseppe's like, I've never made ciabatta before. Fun fucking fact, ciabatta was not invented until 1982. It was a recent invention of some really? specific Italian baker who like, sure, maybe these like loaves that are like dusty or have these similar qualities like were around in Italy before that. But mm-hmm. like the name ciabatta and like, Pointing this concept as ciabatta from the 80s. Giuseppe was born... Giuseppe's older than ciabatta. Whoa, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is interesting that they picked ciabatta. It feels like some... I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm so about the producer riggery today. But <laughs> like, it feels like they set this up. And with Paul's comment about, you know, how Giuseppe should know how to do this, like... Feels like they set this up for him a little bit. So you think the, the the scales have been tipped in Giuseppe's favor? I think for this episode, a little bit. Like no. that they have a well-read and practiced Italian baker, and then they put two Italian recipes in one episode. I don't know. It just seemed a little... Because, yeah, like even though Giuseppe has never made ciabatta, he had the skills and the expertise that yeah. let him do it very, very well. Like he had the cultural understanding, mm-hmm. I think. The background, the, the mm-hmm. familiarity with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Maybe it was a little bit unfair. Giuseppe's a good baker. And yeah. I, I think he he was set up to do well for sure. I mean, 
let, let's just go down the list of people in, in order of worst to best. We had Rashika, then we had Christelle. This is the second week, last week as well, they were bottom two. Um, and it was both, I think both times, like last week it was the jam for both of them. And this week it was just that they underbaked them. Rashika because her cheese was melting out and she was worried about it burning. And then Christelle, because she had just, like we said last episode, like got in her head and was like, it must be this way. Like it must be long proof short bake. So it's just interesting. Like they're, they're both not so strong in technicals, but I, I would argue that they're both very strong bakers. Yeah, seriously. It must be so annoying to like, they must be like, oh, fucking technical (laughs) again. And then after them was Maggie. Maggie forgot to include onions. Gasp. Gag of the century. Uh, really high drama here. Uh, you know, she she kind of struggled as well. She looked like she was going to cry the whole time. Then it was George, then Chiggs, then Jurgen. Freya did pretty well. Amanda was pretty strong. Then Lizzie at number two. She was pretty surprised by mm-hmm. that. That was, that was really sweet. And then Giuseppe at number one. And then Giuseppe at number one, even though he twisted his chapata which i don't know how much of a sin that is but apparently not enough to keep him out of the top spot well his his looked really good and they, they just did held together really well i don't i don't understand what he did differently maybe he just like gave it more time in the oven i don't know it's hard to tell with things like this where like similar with the first week where it's just like it's a piece of bread it's hard to be like oh obviously their jam was off or their creme pat was off like you can't really point to something when it's all one piece of bread like it it was the last two were pretty obvious because they were like sad and like drooping over Mm -hmm. and just like it didn't work then maggie was missing a thing and then the rest of them were just like yeah this one's kind of crusty this one's a little bit more crusty this one is a little bit nicer looking but congrats again i think giuseppe and lizzie are are the two top bread bakers and lizzie is surprising me because she is she seems to be complaining this whole way through (laughs) she's like (laughs) i hate bread week (laughs) and yet is just she's not having fun but she's doing the work i like lizzie i think i'm glad that she's doing well because she's really fun to watch and like we're gonna see her throughout this whole thing week after week i believe so i think both lizzie and george have had a rough start and then have like grown since then which is really cool to see bakers getting used to the atmosphere of the tent and actually like growing as as competitors throughout the season yeah Totally. All right. Uh, any last thoughts on the technical nope, challenge? No, that's it for me. Just a couple quotes that I saw that I wrote down that were important to me. Freya said hella at one point, <laughs> which is n- not something that I knew British people said or knew about. I bet Freya has a TikTok. I bet we can find that. Yeah. If you can investigate as the TikTok ambassador, please investigate. Yeah, will do. Uh, what else? Jurgen laying on the floor saying, they're looking at me, olive <laughs> eyes. He's so funny. He's such a weirdo. I love him. Uh, Paul gripping Rashika's breadsticks and saying, there's blind panic in this. <laughs> um, really rude. <laughs> Fucking rude. But um, kind of funny. Kind of poetic. Yeah. And then Prue kissing the breadstick to make it better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dust on her face. Oh, she's so precious. Yeah. No, these breadsticks really put the bakers through their paces. It seemed just hard in so many ways. Do you have a fun food fact for us, Cole? I do have a fun food fact. I wanted to talk, I I mentioned it uh, when we were recording last episode, and I thought I'd bring it up. What do you know about black currant? I know they're tiny little berries, and Uh they are popular in English cuisine. But you haven't really ever seen them in America before, right? We didn't have black currant things growing up, right? No. The only thing I can think of is that Bon Mama jam that you get at supermarkets. Mm. But that's like, it's okay. the French jam, you know? Do you know there's a reason why? Why? Black currants were actually completely illegal. Uh, all cultivation of black currants was banned in the United States. 
up until 1966. So basically for most of the culinary history of the United States, black currants were completely illegal. Whoa, that's wild. And the reason why is because black currants, the way that you cultivate them, they are a pine tree. I believe they're like a family of pines and Mm -hmm. they're these little blackberries. For anybody who doesn't like know the flavor of a black currant, it's kind of like a berry, but it's more sour, um, really like tangy and a little earthy almost. I don't know if that's quite the right word for it, but like something a little bit else going on. Mm -hmm. They're really tasty. But they were banned in the United States because when you're cultivating them, they can catch a certain disease called the white pine blister rust. And it can grow on the black currant. And the black currant will, is adapted to survive this tree disease. But all of the other pines and all of the other trees that are native and indigenous to the U.S. Mm-hmm. cannot. So people were growing this black currant and cultivating it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was infecting everything else around it and killing all the other sorts of pines. Wow. Do you know how yeah. successful the ban on black currants was? Because this is like, well, it's called the the Great Exchange. There's some environmental historian who coined that term, but like that's the, you know, with the with the slave trade and the sugar trade of the 19th century, all of these biological products were first exchanged across the Atlantic Ocean, like, you know, like tomatoes and potatoes and beans came over from the States. And then like, you know, there are all these stories of, um, of like, various Shakespeare enthusiasts planting Shakespeare gardens and the one guy who introduced like had a little zoo where he had all of the birds that had been mentioned in Shakespeare plays and that's why there are why there are starlings everywhere in New York City is because this one person brought over some starlings and they took over so there are so many stories of like unintentional biological introductions from british colonists over to the states so i wonder like do you know how successful the control of black currents was i don't have hard numbers in front of me but my understanding is that it actually was pretty successful Mm -hmm. in that first off basically black current cultivation and production completely stopped after it went illegal as far as them as a species propagating i don't think they actually Mm -hmm. went that far um, about the diseases and stuff like that. I think like it was a disease that was already right. present and it was just that the black current could carry it and not die from it, which made it spread it around a lot more. From what I understand, I think it was somewhat successful in like curtailing the spread of it. Um, but it's kind of interesting because like it is something that could have been cultivated in the mm-hmm. US and like for for British people, you know, they have like their sets of candies or whatever, and it's usually like got a cherry, you got an orange, you got a lemon, and then you have a black currant. And we in the US don't have mm-hmm. that at all. We have like maybe a grape or something to take the place. And like it's because they were illegal. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. If you look up on YouTube, uh public displays of confection. Mm-hmm. They're a channel where it's this like little soda fountain in Florida and they just do candy pulling videos. It's like very visually satisfying to watch. And he has one about the blackcurrant flavor in the US and he shares some info and you can buy blackcurrant candy from the website and it's really tasty. Wow, so cool. Food history. Yeah, Yeah. fun little fact for you. And environmental history collide. up we got to talk about the showstopper challenge milk bread bread sculptures pick a theme make something fancy out of milk bread off to the races 
this feels like in high school, did you ever have that challenge where you had to make a tower out of like a piece of paper and a foot of tape or something? And who like whoever made the tallest tower wins? Uh, yeah, I remember things like that. Yes, yes. Feels like this, you know, they're giving you like crappy tools and asking you to achieve something that like should be possible. Yeah, we had some interesting, I don't know, it was such a wild challenge to watch because people took it in a lot of different directions. Also a lot of the same directions, which was surprising. Like there was a lot of seaside. Yeah, three sea ocean themed ones, maybe four. Two giant octopuses. Two octopi. Any anything standing out to you right away? Any anything that must be touched upon? I I have mine. I mean, can we start with the baby? Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad that you said that because I was also thinking about the baby. Jurgen and his wife heard themed display and they're like, got this. We're gonna make a baby and some baby. We're gonna toys. make a baby. We're gonna have Paul Hollywood cut a baby's laugh <laughs> on television. I just, this is like Jurgen. he's an inventive dude. He thinks a lot of yeah. cool things yeah. and they come out of his head and they're mostly cool, but I, he needs someone in his life who's like, Jurgen, honey, you're going to make the judges eat a baby. And that's just not a good look. He needs somebody who's been on the yeah. internet before. I think it's, yeah. is important. What were the flavors of the baby? I don't even remember. I just wrote down eating a baby. <laughs> like literally my notes are eating a baby in all capital letters for like what was going on when they first introduced it and then for the feedback i wrote plus as in positive eating a baby (laughs) in in lowercase uh and then so nearly there in quotes so i think whatever he made i think it was milk or something it was fine all i have written down is jurgen's quote the baby because that's what, you know, how they like have titles for everything. His title was The yeah. Baby. <laughs> uh, coming to a theater near you, Jurgen's The Baby. Okay, let's let's talk about the other animals that we were eating in terms of um, bread. Like Lizzie, Lizzie had us eat a roast pig. It looked really good. It was very like Tudor Dynasty and like <laughs> rustic looking. <laughs> With the corn cobs and everything. Yeah, it looked looked really really good. And then her flavor, she flavored it with mango tea and condensed milk. Yeah, what an interesting combo. Like very like, that makes me think of the Philippines. Yes, totally. Condensed milk and like mango. Sounds great. Or like like boba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that looked really good. And it went over really well. They kind of like gave her shit about how the pig deflated. But I think it makes sense for a roast pig to be a little deflated. That's how it looks. And yeah. if you, you know, kind of split it open wide, spatchcock, like they said with the chicken, whoever made the chicken. Right. The Christelle. Yeah, Christelle's roast dinner. So she had like Yorkshire puds. She had the chicken. Okay. Then we had Rashika's cinnamon and nutmeg birdcage. A uh, little bit unfortunate. You know, like we were saying, she was really ambitious with what she made, but like making it out of sweet bread is really hard and she didn't have like anything real there was no like actual piece of bread it was just a bunch of little things everywhere yeah yeah it was just kind of like an assorted thing and i think i think honestly she spent too much time on the cage which was more breadstick than sweet bread Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then kind of just had the other pieces on the side that were more substantial um but Prue said that they tasted very good, so that's cute. And yeah. that the cinnamon nutmeg flavors came through. So I think, yeah, it was just like the planning. The planning wasn't there. Can we talk about the koala? Please, let's talk about the koala. George made a koala, which I was a little scared, but it ended up looking really cute. Very, very cute. Yeah, yeah, it was It was really well done. It's like having a little eucalyptus snack and... Um, and it was like filled with something too. Like tahini. there was like a different inside. It was like chocolate tahini and cinnamon, which sounds chocolate, so good. Yeah, that was really impressive. He he went for it this one. Like that was really ambitious. Yeah, I think it was probably the most like structurally complicated one. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout this episode, George was kind of like flying in the face of um, convention, I guess. 
yeah and like yeah. foregoing conventional wisdom because with his um with his focaccia you know everyone was like it's got to be really really yeah. wet it's got to be wet and he was like i think this is too wet <laughs> i'm gonna add more flour <laughs> and it turned out and then this one as well like i can't remember what exactly he did to change i think it was just that he was trying to make this upstand like standing up sculpture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of this very soft bread which he was like this is a bad idea but i'm doing it and i think in both cases it worked to his favor this time around i i was really happy for him i'm like i'm glad to see that he's he's catching up you know he's picking up he's challenging himself he's growing and expanding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right talking about technical complication i feel like chiggs did not get enough credit he made a whole ass basket and everybody's like oh cute basket oh cool giuseppe made some really pretty fruits that were inside of a real basket Mm -hmm. we're gonna give more credit for that one yeah not to downplay giuseppe's we'll we'll talk about that in a second yeah it was great but no i thought chiggs's looked very cute and everything was seemed baked to perfection it all looked beautiful also, this is my thing about orange. Like one of the things with Giuseppe's bake that um, that Paul was so um, was praising so much was that he got the orange flavor to come through, and he was like, "It's really difficult to have orange flavor come through, you know, in sweet bread." And it's like Chiggs also did it, and his flavor also came through. <laughs> like I don't know. It just interesting, interesting, interesting. Well. Giuseppe's, I will say, did look really good. It looked so it good. Looked, it looked like Animal Crossing food, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, if you go to, like, Disneyland and, like, part of, like, the displays in the background, they have, like, a big plate of, like, fake food and it all looks just, like, more real than real life. Like, yeah. it, it was really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very, very cute. But I do think, like, Chig's making the basket himself. Yeah. And doing all the all the weaving of the dough kind of edged mm-hmm. it out for me. Yeah. If we're comparing them on, on the fruit basket concept, but both very, very good. Freya had another seaside sort of thing going on. She had a hazelnut mm-hmm. and marzipan crab. And a very charming little turtle. And a big little smile. Turtle, yeah. It was very funny because I guess the crab was very realistic looking. And then the turtle was just like with this like emoji smile on it (laughs) (laughs) it looked very cute and i think it went over really well with the judges as well which is nice freya's pretty strong freya's uh standing in there also she didn't what i don't know what milk she used i think she used coconut milk because she has continued throughout this whole time to to bake vegan which is pretty cool to see that she's like a proficient enough baker that they're not even having to be like, oh, and so this is the vegan one. Oh, interesting. They're just like, this is a great loaf of bread. Period. It's good for her. Yeah. I hope um, I hope she's posting recipes somewhere. I'd like to. I haven't really explored vegan baking all that much, but I'd I'd like to. Yeah, maybe on her TikTok. Maybe on her TikTok that we know exists. Mm-hmm. We just need to find it. What's the What's the song for like baking bake talk? Oh, there's the the one that's like bum 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 and they like do the little hand dance thing, and it's like questions people ask you all the time. I you can't see, but it's it's sort of it's like a macarena, and there's a song that goes along with it, and you just have text go over the screen while you do the thing. Yeah, I spend too much time on the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't listen to anything I say. My brain has been completely rotted by the internet. It's no, I just love, I think, like, because I'm just on Twitter these days, and I'm not really interested in, mm-hmm. like, you know, what's going on on Instagram, what's going on on yeah. Facebook, because they're, like, normal places, but TikTok, it's just such a world in and of itself, Yeah, that yeah. it's just it's fun chaos. to hear people talk about it, because it's yeah. just so weird. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, um, it is Tumblr and Vine and YouTube yeah. all at once, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a dangerous combination. It feels like we're all just like playing in a nuclear reactor and we keep like throwing stuff into the vats and something's going to happen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Um, Who knows? But hopefully more vegan baking comes out of the vat. Um, Okay, who else? Well, we have have the two octopi. 
I think that's what mm-hmm. we have left to talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And pretty clearly, Amanda's was better by pretty much every mark. Mm-hmm. Like, the head was a little bit deflated looking, maybe, but it was bright red. They liked the flavor. They said it was tasty. Yeah. Amanda did Coconut better. and pineapple. Sure. It just looked like a lot of fun. And I think was a good yeah. redemption from her struggle in the in the signature. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Amanda, she's she's sneaky. I think I think she's pretty solid. She is a she is a workhorse, you know. She's not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna fail big. I think I think she'll be sticking around. Yeah. She slips up every once in a while, but she's she's fairly consistent. If forgettable. Yeah. And then Maggie's. And then we had Madge, which was just sad. I mean, like, she tried to be adventurous, I guess, by putting seaweed in hers, doing a savory loaf, which I don't think anyone else mm-hmm. tried to do. Um, and it yeah. just didn't, like they said, there wasn't enough seaweed in it to actually taste it. It just tasted like a little salty. And the presentation, it looked very bad. Yeah, it was just rough. It was a little too homemade if that makes sense. It was just bread colored and there was just some like kind of frosting piping on the outside Mm -hmm. of it. And it was just a little small. It was sad to see, sad to see her struggle again in this episode. And especially with this one that like, I think she had really high hopes that she would be able to redeem herself. um, And it didn't quite pull through. Well, that brings us to the winner in the elimination, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our winner, take a wild guess at who won. Should I guess? If if anybody out there wants to guess. (laughs) Now's your time. <laughs> no, it was... it's Giuseppe. Giuseppe won. It's Giuseppe. Yeah, Giuseppe crushed every single round of this competition. Yeah. yeah. He did do very, very well. He but he brought strong bakes to everything. Maybe there was a little producer involvement there, or just Paul having a hard on for him. Um which is yeah. equally possible. Ooh, we didn't mention before, not only did he get a handshake, he got a send me that recipe which yeah even more so yeah and yeah tragically um we saw our lovely Rashika sent home really sad um i don't know that i totally agree i think either her or maggie were justified yeah no i think i think after maggie's tough week last week and then another tough week this week i like Rashika came bottom of the technical but i think both of her other bakes i would i would see as ranked above maggie's um yeah if only slightly because like i feel like there wasn't really anything good they could say about maggie's octopus but with roshika's birdcage prue at least was like the bread you made tastes really good and i really like it so i'm a little disappointed because i i really i mean listening to this you probably have realized that i um enjoy roshika quite a bit as a presence in the tent and i think she's got a lot that she can bring it was i mean it was really heartbreaking to watch her just be like i want another round i want to try again i Mm -hmm. i i I, i'm not done i don't want to be finished yeah yeah but the good thing about being on bake off is that it's it really is like a career launcher for people truly it's so easy to put out a book start a little shop do you know do with this opportunity what you will and there have been a lot of people that have been eliminated even fairly early in the competition that have had quite a presence so just like drag race yeah right like like proud of roshika for making it this far in the competition and hope that it carries forward into good things for her yeah likewise also there was a hawk we have to mention this like the little the little interstitial nature scenes that they put in (gasps) Yeah. There was a full-on red-tailed hawk, and I was like, it's a hawk! A bird of prey! How beautiful. Pretty cool to see. How majestic. Amazing. Hey, Cole. Hey, Gabe. Are you into eating? 
Wow, what a personal question. Um, you know, weirdly, yeah, I I do like eating. Good, because I too am into eating. Yeah, you you came into this saying that you had something you wanted to talk about. What did what do you eat, cook, or otherwise interact with food wise this week? Yeah, that got you so excited. Well, last night I had a little shindig in our garage, which is very fun. <gasps> And I did the thing that I often do when I throw a party where I'm like, who knows who's going to show up, but I'm going to make a bunch of food and like spend all day cooking so that people have something nice to eat. And so I made a bunch of things. I made a a pumpkin bread with kabocha squash and I made some crackers (gasps) with nutritional yeast, which I tried them before. You made... Wow. I had tried them before and they didn't... crackers. Yeah, they didn't work out. Um... But this time I added a little more salt, rolled them a little thinner, got the baking time right, and they turned out really well. And they were so easy. Crackers are way easier than How you think. Fun. Um, but then the big thing to go with the crackers, I made baba ganoush, which I've never done before. Mm. But it's a lot of fun to do because you get to roast whole eggplants in your oven and then just like put them in the blender with tahini and lemon and all this stuff. And after I was done, I realized that I was following paul hollywood's recipe wow i don't know if you remember like the fever dream of an episode from last season where they had to go outside and cook roast eggplants and cook pita in an open fire oh my god (laughs) they did they did wow that was a weird one that was bread week too that was bread week yeah 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 but I'm, i'm fairly certain like this was an adapted version of the baba ganoush recipe that paul had them make for that as well so that was kind of fun to realize That's amazing full circle yeah but i would highly recommend wow. um it's really easy to make although e- roasting whole eggplants until the skin is um blackened will set your fire alarm off i also set my fire alarm off this week just baking something yeah no good no fun it's very stressful my heart was like pounding for no reason it is and like for 15 minutes after i'm like in a yeah. in a panic mode and i'm like it's okay <laughs> the beeping has stopped yeah. like is there a fire somewhere else that we're not thinking about yeah like was that a false alarm and we actually didn't address the fire and i'm going to open up and my room is just going to be yeah. full of fire yeah and it's like no no fun did you have any fun food adventures this week you know i will say that i reconnected with the concept of bagel cream cheese both today and yesterday i had locks today it was really good it filled me up so tasty did you go to a deli yeah went to a long island long island a deli. long island deli that sounds really tasty good it was it's been a good weekend cool so for next week we don't know what is uh going on but who what are your predictions who do you think is gonna do well so to me it is kind of feeling like maggie is on the chopping block unfortunately Mm -hmm. we love maggie uh but i think alternates if it wouldn't be maggie um i think christelle is in a interesting position right now i think if she majorly fumbled on a showstopper i think you know she's kind of treading water a little bit right now um george has done well but even this episode we saw time management skills sort of fumble mm-hmm. i think he's also a bad showstopper away from heading out so i think it would be one of those three mm. i think it's interesting you say christelle could be in danger because i think she is really a power player like she's i i mean i agree it there was just something about that technical that made me worried I think she's just bad at technicals. That's like her real yeah. her real struggle is that like just the thinking on her feet and interpreting this bare bones recipe is just not something yeah. that she's good at. But like when she when she's able to prepare a bake, she is I don't think she's ever disappointed so far. Mm-hmm. Um no. And so I think actually she might be due to to win soon. Okay. I hope I hope you're right. Now that she knows kind of the animal of what a technical challenge is, I think she could be poised to hopefully pull herself up a little further. 
and if not i would say i would say george or amanda more likely yeah i could see that i could see amanda going um but yeah we could also see you know good things from jurgen and giuseppe they are the two power Mm -hmm. players so far this season lizzie and And freya also seem yeah like they could spike and do really well and win a challenge soon yeah yeah they've both kind of rode under the radar a bit but like we saw them both especially lizzie perform so well this week while still kind of like performing under the radar for some reason which is weird um yeah i think i think they saw i think they noticed i think paul and and prue they saw her they see what's going on there anyway excited for the next week yeah i'm looking forward to it thanks for listening bye bye Thanks for listening to Lady Fingers. You can find Gabe at Yay Purple Cheese on Twitter. You can find me at Cole Stephenson on TikTok and also that on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm Cole or whatever. It's a whole thing. Don't get me started. There's like a 13 year old kid who has the same name as me. Okay, you got me started. I need to stop. It's late. Uh, This podcast was edited by me, Cole Stephenson, and our amazing cover art was made by Alessandra Ragusa. The songs today featured sounds from Sylvanesso, Disclosure, Gin Soul, Fever Ray, and Pussy Riot. Sorry if I forgot anybody. Have a great night or morning. Uh, Hope you're doing well.